0: This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks,
1: and Adam Scully. Good morning, golf fans. Welcome inside our Thanksgiving Best of Edition of golf talk canada i'm adam Scully. well happy thanksgiving to all and hopefully you're enjoying a great day maybe avoid the turkey coma or maybe don't just enjoy the turkey enjoy time with friends and close family of course this is thanksgiving monday so we thought we'd take a look back at some of our favorite interviews and segments over the last little while of course our monday winter radio schedule is now underway so we're only on uh, for an hour from 10 a.m to 11 for the next couple of months our usual two-hour twice-a-week shows will be back uh, early 2024 we'll have an update on our schedule here as we look ahead but uh, one of the the biggest events we've seen uh, recently on the calendar in the golf world of course was the Ryder cup and that was shocking to say the least or was it shocking to say the least there was a lot going on at the Ryder Cup of course the Europeans getting it done again as for the U.S. well they haven't won on European soil since 1993 and there were a lot of major storylines going on of course at the Ryder Cup from the big three of Team Europe leading the way Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, John Rahm as for the u.s their best players just didn't play their best it's quite simple the europeans made more pots now as you all know there was a lot going on both on and off the golf course at the Ryder cup it dominated the headlines so to kick things off here on our thanksgiving best of edition of gtc here's mark and i winners weird and what from the rider cup and this time around mark had the tea
0: i'll answer the question you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth!
2: I was struggling with my winner, Adam, because I wanted to go <laughs> Eduardo Molinari, because, I mean, maybe the un- unsung hero here. But at the end of the day, I will go with what you said off the top. How about the best players of Europe? I will go with the European Big Three as my winner. Hovland, McIlroy, Rom. nine... Two and two combined for the big three. Dominant performance. Uh, What a coming out party for Victor Hovland the last two, three months. I mean, we knew he was a great player. Obviously, he was a top ten player in the world. But what he did this summer, building momentum at majors, then finally winning the FedEx Cup. And now what a performance here, taking rookie uh, Ludwig Aberg along with him for the ride for most of the week. Uh, Well done, Hovland. Rory was Rory, uh, you know, kind of getting that redemption he spoke of at Whistling Straits. And I told uh, you guys last week, uh, Toro Firioso, the Raging Bull, John Rahm would become the Garcia Poulter replacement for this Ryder Cup team moving forward. You want to talk about playing with fire. Rahm looked like he was getting ready to go to 12 rounds with Mike Tyson. Did
1: he ever, he was fired up throughout the weekend, almost made a pair of hole in ones too. He was, he was so much fun to watch throughout the weekend. And it was a great match to the Sunday's singles split with Scotty Scheffler. Now Rom and Scheffler played a couple times in Sunday's singles at the Ryder Cup throughout their careers. John Rahm, Team Europe, their best players just played better.
2: And and again, in all team sports, we always say when when someone comes out on the other side, no one wins the Stanley Cup because their fourth line center was the was the best player on the ice, right? Like that you never hear that. So same thing here in golf. Okay. Uh Hatgate was so bizarre. And thus it's my weird this week. And I mean, I think we've been able to put the pieces together, you know, and this kinda I think it goes back to the the whole Netflix cameras in the room and this and that. But If Patrick Cantley wanted to truly defuse the situation, why did he wait 24 hours in a post-round singles match interview to then come out and say that there was no truth to the hat story, that he wasn't wearing a hat, not wearing a hat to protest not being paid, that the hat simply didn't fit? Meanwhile, these guys get fitted for uniforms and headwear and stuff like months before, so I find that very hard to believe. Uh, I just don't know why would you wait that long. And then the whole Justin Thomas, I like, I, you know, you wanted to you kind of like how you watched Ian Poulter and his behavior in most Ryder Cups, how you really wanted to go through the screen and punch Ian Poulter's lights out most Ryder Cups because just obnoxious, like obnoxious is so hard to watch. I thought the constant fake hat taking off of Justin Thomas for all of Sunday – What an obnoxious jerk for a guy who probably shouldn't even have been on this bloody team to begin with, okay, i.e. Keegan Bradley, Lucas Glover. So, Adam, Hatgate not only was it bizarre, I found it obnoxious.
1: Well, it it almost made it like the U.S. team was more divided because it it would have been if they had all gone and not worn hats, then you would have shown how everyone was divided or everyone was united together. Colin Morikawa didn't wear a hat. Jordan Spieth in warm-up didn't wear a hat. Then he threw the lid on Max Holma's caddy didn't wear a hat. Now, I, I know there's a new trend now for a lot of professional male golfers who kind of got the mullet going where they shave the sides so or the hairs going out the back and where you, you take your lid off and the salad's just looking flat out bizarre, <laughs> to say the least, a la Max Holma, a la Sam Burns, Brooks Kepka, to say the least. So I'm not sure if that was really the reason, but to, to put, make this thing about a hat is so weird. And the weirdest thing, which I know you're, you'll get to in your what, is on Saturday after Patrick Cantley was leaving to go onto the team bus, he was wearing a hat. It wasn't a Team USA hat, but he was wearing a hat.
2: It, it, the whole thing is bizarre. And, I mean, the first thing you do, any PR person in, in the world will tell you the first thing you do to defuse a situation is you get out in front of it. So to wait 24 hours... It shows you know, basically tells you that there's more here than what they're what he's telling us. Exactly. And my what this week? You mentioned it, Joel Lacava. Give me a break, Adam. Uh, Lacava. Yeah, caddies are allowed to celebrate. Caddies are allowed to get into this. But give me what what a, what a jerk. Uh, you don't getting in a almost in a player's line while they're putting. I mean, if this was a natural celebration reaction, uh, a winning putt went in. Uh, he was overcome with emotion, whatever, and then he apologized. You can forgive that, but 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 a, a caddy getting involved and interjecting them in in potentially a point or deciding a match. Oh, never mind. It's Rory McIlroy. It's basically the face of the game at this point. You're doing it to. Um, I mean, shame on you, Joe Lacava. You look like a jerk. You acted like a jerk. And you know what? Your behavior was kind of fitting for what we saw from Team USA all week. I found it absolutely, again, I'm going to use the word obnoxious again, but obnoxious, Scully.
1: No, that's the perfect way to put it. And shocking, really, given the experience this guy has had throughout his career. You think of Fred Couples. You think of Tiger Woods. You think of Dustin Johnson, briefly. you know, And and now he's caddying for Patrick Cantley. This is a guy who's generally pretty stoic uh, on the bag. and, And clearly... He was mad at what was going on to his player that day with the, the hats and, and the fans chanting about his bank account. And But that's what the Ryder Cup's all about. But clearly, he, he, lost, his, he lost it, and, and this happened. And he made it about him. You're a caddy. The, this tournament isn't the Caddy cup. It's the Ryder Cup for players actually playing. Do your job. Look at numbers. Read a green. That's it. He made this about him, and that was wrong.
2: Unbelievable. And wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall the first time Rory and Tiger exchange a conversation about Joe LaCava and what took place in Rome? Okay, Adam, that's it for me. The tea is yours.
1: 348. (laughs) Oh, man, that is sweet. You know, before I go to my three dub, you know, to your point there, Mark, too, it was just so interesting how the broadcast on Sunday morning had reported that Lacava reached out to McElroy's camp and they had met. Rory wins a Sunday singles match, asked if they had spoken. He was pretty mad about it, saying, we haven't spoken. I haven't seen Joe. And then afterwards in the press conference, he said, oh, and maybe McIlroy, uh, he was sipping a Peroni at the time. So maybe this was, you know, part of that mindset. But saying, yes, we have texted I'm mad, but all will be well. So you wonder, to your point, what will happen when Rory and Tiger, who obviously are really good friends, whenever they chat, and they'll chat about La at some point soon. Okay, my winner this week goes to one Tyrell Hatton. So he was uh, speaking at his pre-tournament press conference, and some reporters tend to ask some very interesting questions. And someone (laughs) asked Tyrell Hatton about who's a better, who swears more, him or him? Or John Rom. It's just sort of a weird question. I don't know why you're asking this kind of question. And you know, Hatton goes on and on saying he's not sure why Rom doesn't swear in Spanish. It would just make way more sense. Which, to his point, I totally agree. But he goes on and on. We're not we're not going to play the clip because he swears. But uh, all in good fun, he says, "I swear all the time, day and night, whatever the situation." And he ended the answer actually swearing. Too. So, <laughs> like I said in the show before, Mark Hatton, uh, he's he's. Very solid in a lot of strokes gained categories, but he's number one in strokes gained entertainment. That's for sure on the PGA Tour.
2: And you know the other thing I find interesting too, Adam, like again, early in the week, I I mentioned earlier how Zach Johnson was always already talking about fatigue and acting like it was painful. And here's Hatton, early in the week, like you said, already having fun with it, right? Totally different attitude, totally different energy.
1: Yeah, totally. And you have guys like Brooks Koepka talking about, oh, I want the ball on Sunday and not many other players could take that sort of thing. Obviously, he's Brooks Kepka, He's done that throughout his career and will continue to do that. But that was just a sign of things to go. That's a very good point. Okay, I'm changing my weird here a little bit from what we spoke about earlier. So last week on the show, we spoke about the U.S. team outfits, specifically back in 1999. Mm -hmm. How was that decided? Now, my weird this week is on Saturday, you may have turned on the TV, perhaps around 7 a.m. Eastern, where it was a little warmer in Rome by that point, and you might have noticed that both teams were wearing white shirts. How on earth does this happen, where the teams are wearing the same color that you think of any other sport hockey basketball football two teams going one-on-one wearing the same color it's just confusing for the viewer this seems like relative common sense mark maybe there should be a meeting between the stylists on a month before saying okay on friday we're wearing this this and this saturday sunday exactly so maybe you just don't match On a
2: specific day? What do you think about that? I mean, it's funny you bring this up, Adam, because I noticed it right away when we threw it on. You could barely tell the difference between the two uniforms. Yeah. You know, once they did close-ups, you could see some red and white through the midsection of of the USA shirt. But, you know, Europe, not only did they wear white like the U.S., they completely abandoned the blue and yellow uh, accents, which are the flags of the European Union. I mean, just stick with your country's colors. As far, as far as Europe goes, they're playing for the European Union. It is, it is, it is blue and gold, and just stay with blue, gold, and white. They're red, white, and blue. And to your point, I mean, it, I, I th- it was ridiculous. They were wearing white shirts, and it was like a a rusty burgundy shoulder. Yeah. I'm like, what does this have anything to do with uh, with Europe? It made zero sense to me. I'm with you. Maybe, uh, maybe they can call us in next time because, as, as you know, we know that the first deci- good decision on the golf course starts in a closet. Exactly. And even on Friday, too, the Europeans were wearing, like, a baby blue and the States were
1: wearing, like, a darker blue. is still kind of confusing. Maybe you just, swell back and forth. It's, it's so simple. But anyway, like, like you mentioned, if we're running things, things would be uh, a, a lot easier <laughs> for the golf world. And my what this week. We're also not going to play this clip because this is way TMI. But uh, Sam Burns was asked in an in a interview before the week began how he found out he made the U.S. Ryder Cup team. I, I don't think you've actually heard of this, Mark. So basically, no. uh, Sam, everyone received the text. I believe it was a Sunday heading into a Monday saying, or from Zach Johnson saying, okay, I'm going to call you tomorrow. So he gave that little teaser. So Sam Burns goes on, says the next morning, my wife and I, we go to a coffee shop, and then he had to use the bathroom. So he's, and he was pretty detailed in what he was doing in the bathroom, and his phone rang while he was in the bathroom, and he said, "Well, I can't, I can't ghost Zach Johnson here, so I have to pick this thing up." So he found out he made the U.S. Ryder Cup team while doing his business. I have not heard that before, Mark. But that, yeah, uh, you know, a,
2: sup. As you get older, Adam, you know, some of your your best work and your best thinking gets done in there, it really does. If I want a new creative idea or I really have to crunch out uh, some numbers or a good thought, that's uh, typically where you'll find me.
1: That's productivity at its finest. Uh, We're not going to play this clip again. Check it out on social media because Sam Burns goes into actually like a lot of detail about what happened, (laughs) what he was doing, how things (laughs) transpired, We'll save, you know, just check out. We'll we'll retweet it on Golf Talk Canada here momentarily. But uh, yeah, a lot of information there from one Sam Burnt.
0: This segment
1: of GTC
0: was presented by TaylorMade and the all new Stealth 2, Stealth 2, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods, designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit CaddyTime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today.
1: Welcome back, Insider Thanksgiving, best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. I'm Adam Scully. Well, a couple of weeks ago on television, we aired a Canadian special where we look back on the wonderful year that it's been for golf in Canada on the professional level. Of course, Nick Taylor leading the way, that iconic putt to win the RBC Canadian Open. That's something that we will never forget. And during that special, Mark had a chance to go one-on-one with Nick months after uh that great moment where the two of them spoke about what it's like being the RBC Canadian Open Champion months later. And what's what Nick Taylor's expecting for this upcoming season. Here's Mark with Nick Taylor.
2: Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I know this is kind of a bit of a time of year where you're doing things and uh you're busy with things that are not necessarily PGA tour related. We'll get to that uh before we say goodbye, but um, we can't take a look back at the year in Canadian golf without taking a look back at one of the greatest moments in the history of Canadian sport uh, really <laughs> transcends the game. When I say that to you, what, what do you feel? What, what, are you comfortable even hearing that?
3: Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess in time it's, it's started to sink in of, of, uh, I guess the magnitude for Canadian, for Canadian golf. Um, you know, it's still fun looking back at your call, looking back at uh, the highlights of just that putt, you know, obviously having one of my best friends, Dave Markle, in the bag, our reaction. Just, you know, I think over time it's sunk in, but there's still times my wife and I sit on the couch, look at each other like, did that really just happen? <laughs> so, uh, it's been a fun couple of months to uh, to do that. And, and again, it's, it's going to be nice to have some time off and, and kind of reflect on that over the next two, three months.
2: When you do think about it, when you go back to that moment, can can you put yourself there? Do those feelings come back? Can, can does it feel different now than it did at the time? I'm imagining at the time the the adrenaline rush must have been uh, you know off the charts.
3: Yeah, you know the the strongest kind of memory of feeling that I have is is when the pot went in and my kind of look over to Dave of you know, almost pure disbelief. And then just <laughs> when he tackles me and just pure joy, it, it was, uh, it was quite a memory right there. A lot of it after it is, is I don't remember a whole lot, you know, and out of it, my perception is just the, uh, the coverage that I've seen. So um, no, there, there's certain parts that are very vivid still other parts I kind of blacked out, forgot, but uh, no, a lot of adrenaline was going on probably the rest of that week, to be honest, in the into the U S open the next week. Um, a lot of a lot of fun times after
2: that you were having a great year before we got to oakdale you almost won in phoenix you looked so calm um i remember being under my headset i was with rory mcelroy for most of the week and on the i believe it was around the eighth hole on sunday my producer said mark go find nick taylor uh we think he's on eight you know you were somewhere around eight so i went and 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 searched you out they're gonna you know put put me on you because our producer felt like okay nick's on to something here there's something special coming uh did you did you feel it that early in the round how were you able to stay so calm because i remember calling uh most of your around i was a complete nervous wreck if i'm going to be <laughs> honest because i felt like i was hitting every shot with you trying to will it into the hole and i'm trying to not let that come over my calls because, you know, we're not supposed to be cheering for anyone, <laughs> but, but it was pretty clear who I was cheering for, and, and yeah. luckily really so. But how were you able, because you you gave this uh, feeling that, hey, I've got this. Were you feeling that inside, or were you just covering it well?
3: You know, like you said, I felt like that whole entire season, I was playing well. I had confidence playing in some big moments, you know, dating back to to waste management in Phoenix. so starting the day, I felt comfortable. I played two great rounds. The second and third round had a lot of momentum going. Felt like we were reading the greens really, really well and um you know, vividly I remember a par putt on 1 and 3 was was crucial to kind of keep the round going. And then from then, you know, I played that front nine pretty much incredible all week. Uh, a lot of guys were maybe even just holding on trying to get to probably the 8th hole, 7th hole. And get the round going and i was three four under through six seven holes the last three days so that really got my rounds kick-started um you know and from there i just tried to let it take over of kind of some past experiences not let the moment kind of overcome me and um i was able to do it but yeah it was a lot of fun being that moment because you could feel the energy of the crowd you knew the importance of it um i didn't look at a leaderboard really all day i had a sense of where i was and uh the funny part with when i did the walk and talk I think on the 15th hole, um, Jim Nance had mentioned over it that, you know, we never had this, somebody do this in the final round, let alone the person leading the golf tournament. I was like, well, I guess I'm leading the golf tournament now, <laughs> officially. So, uh, so many little things in that day that were, when you piece it all together, it's uh, pretty remarkable.
2: Well, I, I've got to let you know that when that moment was happening, I was losing it off air in my headset because I've got friends on the CBS golf team. uh, One or two of which that used to work on our radio team. And uh, I was going nuts saying, I can't believe they're doing this. Leave them alone. Why are they doing a walk and talk on a Sunday with a Canadian who's leading the Canadian open? I was absolutely losing it in our headset while that was going on, but thank God it it didn't phase you like it phased the rest of us. So, Yeah. um, yeah, What's the encore? I mean, we're going to be in the fall. You're going to play limited in the fall. Uh, before we started the interview, we are talking off air. You mentioned you're going to play Vegas and Tokyo. So mm-hmm. how does this change your perspective for 2024? And correct me if I'm wrong, but my gut tells me that there is one thing on your calendar with a big bullseye around it, and it's about a year out in Montreal on the President's Cup team.
3: That's a huge goal of mine. I think next year, there's going to be a lot of big events that I'm now in, you know, having the successful season that I had with the majors, you know, signature events. Uh, The Olympics is one, you know, we've we've had it twice now. And that's definitely on my calendar. But like you said, about a year from now, President's Cup, where's he being the captain? uh, Being in our home country, Um, there's a lot of things there that it's, uh, it's kind of the peak of the pyramid where I'm working towards. So um yeah a lot to be motivated for still uh and that's probably you know that's the end of the road but that's definitely the uh a lot of motivation here to make that team uh
2: before i ask you where you are and let you get to the business on hand because i know you're busy on the west coast with your uh with your charity event how much are you and the guys talking about the president's cup like do you adam cory uh you know adam do you guys you're chatting a lot about next fall and what it would mean to get you know uh, a lot of canadian jerseys so to speak on that squad
3: yeah i think it's all on our you know goal list um definitely a team that we want to be on how much talk of you know if we if, if we would be on the team who we play together not much going on there i think adam and i have adam Howe and i have great rapport we obviously played great at zurich we played well at the world cup in the past um pretty sure I've snagged him for the for the Zurich this coming year as well. But um yeah, I th- I think we're all looking towards that. If and hopefully we could get on the team, we'll figure it out once we kinda of do that. But I think all individually we're just really trying to make that team.
2: All right. Tell us a little bit about why you're at West here. You're at your charity event. What uh what's the charity? What's the event? Where what golf course are you at today?
3: Yeah, so we spent a lot of time uh in Abbotsford kind of for September after the season. Um it's gorgeous up here. It's a little hot down in Arizona so We've had a charity event now since, I think, our sixth year. Uh, we bounced around a couple of times. This year, we're out at Cultus Lake Golf Club, which is in Chilliwack. But, you know, the whole goal of our, our charity event is just to keep support com- uh, community charities. Um, Abbotsford, where we, my wife and I grew up, out in Chilliwack, um, we're kind of piecing it together with a junior day at my home club, Ledger Golf and Country Club, on Friday. A uh, total over 100 juniors have kind of registered already. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, spend a couple hours with them. And do clinic up there, so it will be a lot of fun
2: awesome uh awesome Nick thanks so much uh listen on behalf of everybody uh I know you've you've heard it time and time again, but uh thank you for an absolutely incredible moment in Canadian history and on a personal level uh thank you for the greatest moment of my career. The only problem with this, Nick <laughs> is uh it's all downhill for the rest of the way for me <laughs> i I'm never gonna get there again and feel that again, so <laughs> that's the only negative. Well,
3: I, I appreciate it. It's nice to have your voice back too. So we're, yeah. we're all good
2: there. <laughs> Nick, I will not see you in the fall as we've got opposite tour schedules, but I'll see you on the other side of New Year's. So have a great fall, no, all the best to you and your family, and we'll see you in 24. Okay.
3: Thanks, Mark. You too.
0: This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round, This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's
1: leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside our Thanksgiving Best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. I'm Adam Scully. Well, we just heard Nick Taylor with Mark. That was during our Canadian TV special, looking back on the year that it's been. 2023 a magical year for golf in canada and another special edition of tv uh, for gtc that we aired was our ireland travel special and during that show uh, i had a chance to speak with frank casey who's from rasa pena who it's a great course there in ireland maybe a hidden gem there's it's a great property a number of courses on the property good fine dining place to stay too. if you're planning a trip to ireland a do it through golf away tours they will set you up to the nines and b rosa Pena has to be included on your itinerary especially if you're planning a trip around the 2025 open championship which is heading to royal port rush here's my interview with frank casey from rosa Pena. For much more on Rasapena, one of the hidden gems of Ireland. Now joining us is Frank Casey. Frank, welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Thank you. It's great to have you here. So, Rasapena, home of three great courses the old tom morris links the sandy hill links and most recently the new saint patrick's links we're going to talk about all three of them let's start with the old tom morris links back in 1893 there's some history here give us some background info on this great golf course
4: so uh old tom uh was commissioned by lord leitrim who owned ross at the time to come across and he was actually commissioned to build a course around his stately home which was actually in Gard, about three miles from here. Um, but when he came over, he was taken on a scenic drive down into the village of Downings in the townland of Rossapena. And it was when he came on the scenic drive that he's seen all the sand dunes and he's seen you know seen all the land very close to the water. And he, he told Lord Leacham, you know, you know, this is where you should be building a golf course. Not, you know, so not that little bit further inland and, and through the trees. So um then so he staked out the first uh the first Rosapanna links in eighteen ninety-one and they opened in eighteen ninety-three.
1: Wow. So there's a ton of history with that golf course uh on Rosapana. Um in terms of the golf itself, is it you know, traditional links, that sort of thing?
4: It is, yeah. The old Tom RS would be our most traditional of the three courses where it's um very much out and back. Um you know, real ribbon of fairways alongside each other, um, beautiful big Lynx screens, um, very high ball, runs a mile, it's very hard and fast, built on pure sand um, and plays right along the coast and then back in towards the golf pavilion here. So it's, it's a very traditional Lynx test of golf. So that was
1: the old Tom back in 1893, of course. Now, more recently, we've seen a couple of new courses, the Sandy Hills and and the new St. Patrick's. Let's start uh, with the new Sandy Hills. Um, 2003, what was some of the reasoning behind the second golf course? Uh,
4: So it was really sort of, I suppose, the Tiger tiger boom and, and the golf boom. There's a huge golf boom in Ireland here around the, you know, the late '90s and the early 2000s, so uh, we had we were lucky that we had the land as part of our portfolio. So that was obviously the most expensive part was purchasing any additional land. So we had that um in the sort of, to the east of the old Tom Morris course. So we used an Irish architect um who had been doing quite a lot in Ireland at the time, Pat Ruddy um who also o- operates owns and operates his own golf course, the European Club um in County Wicklow uh that course opened exactly 20 years ago just passed in june so it opened in uh june 2003 as uh, through the slightly higher dunes through the, the more duney part of the property obviously uh construction methods and and obviously machinery had moved on quite a lot since the 1890 so you know going through that you know the the more difficult terrain was was no problem for uh, an architect and obviously the the shapers so yeah, it differs from Old Tom in that it's um, maybe a little bit more narrow in places because it's just the 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 dunes the way they they funnel uh, through the property. Uh, the greens sit a little bit higher up than they do in Old Tom Old Tom they all almost sit a grade at the same level as the fairway, whereas at Sandy Hills you start you play up quite a lot on some of the second shots. Um, But you get beautiful views because it's so much higher than Old Tom. You get beautiful views over Old Tom out towards Sheephaven Bay and also across St. Patrick's to the south end of the property towards Doe Castle and Arts Forest Park. And it's very beautiful. Oh, that sounds great
1: and very beautiful, which is great to have the variety too between those two golf courses. So we've got the Old Tom Morris. We've got Sandy Hills. And then most recently, just a couple of years ago, the St. Patrick's. Links. What can you tell us about that golf course?
4: So, yeah, we uh, we opened St. Patrick's in June 21. So, St. Patrick's was originally um, a pay and play facility with two golf courses that were both developed in the 80s and 90s. One was called the Marhamagorgan Links, and the other was called the Tremor Links. They were owned and operated by the Walsh family in Carrigard um, out of the Carrigard Hotel. So, they were uh, played as a pay and play facility for around ten years, from the mid nineties to the mid nineties. So around oh five oh six, the parcel of land of three hundred twenty acres was bought by a um, Dublin developer, who then brought in Jack Nicholas to to redesign the entire thirty six holes. That project unfortunately uh, fell by the wayside quite quickly, mm-hmm. and uh, the banks took over took over the property. So uh, we purchased the property from the banks in November, 2012 and then uh, entered discussions with Tom about doing a golf course, about doing a golf course on that site, you know, and then fast forward to 2018, we started to uh, mow it out. Uh, We mowed out the entire course. He'd made a number of site visits, finalized his routing. So we mowed it out in 2018. We actually built a couple of greens in June, 2018. We built the 14th and 15th, which is actually in one of the most exposed areas of the golf course. So um, just worked out. Tom and his guys had a bit of time. We wanted to stabilize that area of the golf course. So we built two greens in 25th, uh, 2018, and then we really started in earnest in July 19 and built all the greens first, July, August, September, seeded everything. Then through the winter of 1920, we started into tee boxes and bunkering and some of the fairway work. Then, unfortunately, COVID hit us in March 20, which kind of stopped us in, a, in our tracks for, for a little bit of time. But we're quite lucky we were able to kind of keep going. We kind of, construction was almost deemed under golf course maintenance. So, you know, we were allowed to, you know, keep going. Uh, we didn't have all the staff here that we wanted. Some of the guys had to had to leave the country, but, you know, some of them were able to get back. And then, yeah, so fast forward, finished everything up through, uh, through the summer of 2020 and then opened in June 21.
1: Wow. Uh, And obviously this newest course has been recognized in a big way. Uh, It was the highest new entry at 55th uh, in a recent golf magazine, top 100 in the world rankings for a course this new. What's it like to be recognized like this? All of this hard work that's put into a great golf course like this.
4: Yeah, it's it was be beyond our wildest dreams to you know even to just scrape into that that ranking at somewhere between maybe eighty five and a hundred would have been you know a dream come true. But to go in as high as fifty five was you know a real seal of approval by you know by the rating panel and and by the magazine. And obviously everybody involved was extremely uh, extremely happy with with something as you know uh, to have it's, and so early. Because the conditioning of it in twenty twenty one, it was only just open. You know, it was still, um, you know, you can still see some of the construction scars. Nothing was fully growing in. It was, you know, it, it takes time to bed in, an awful lot more time to bed in a links course than obviously, you know, a parkland or heathland. So, um, yeah, no, it was a dream come true to to uh, to come in that high.
1: So we've just got described three great golf courses and people might be thinking, Hey, we, we need a place to stay. And there's a great luxury hotel on site, great amenities, some dining as well. What can you tell us about that?
4: That's right. We're very lucky. We, um, you know, the golf, the golf and the accommodation kind of go hand in hand with where we're, we're located, you know, um, we're, two hours from Belfast, just over three hours from Dublin, but, you know, we're we're quite remote. Um, so like the hotel wouldn't work without the golf and vice versa. So we have a 70 bedroom hotel on site, um, with a number of Bayview suites with balconies overlooking the beach. It's a, if you go onto our website, you'll see how close the proximity to the, to the beach. Um, so you get beautiful sea views from your bedrooms. Um, beautiful restaurant overlooking that same beach and we have food options not just in the hotel but in the main golf pavilion which is the main golf hub serving lunch and dinner and um, so yeah it's 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 a it's a full full-on golf resort whenever you come here there's we have everything that anyone might need as well as a a full practice ground which is located just across from the uh the golf pavilion so full practice ground where everybody can you know do you know we have uh PGA pros who come with groups, so you can do tuition you know, or just simply go and warm up before you play. So if everything that that anybody might need.
1: Now, before we go, you mentioned groups coming through. Now, of course, the Open was held at Royal Portrush back in 2019. It's heading back there in 2025, and that means there will be a lot of groups planning a trip around going to the Open, and rasa will obviously be a a big destination for people to check out whether it's before or after the open what did you guys learn from 2019 in terms of people coming through that you'll be able to apply this time around in 2025
4: yeah that was uh, obviously the first time we experienced that um july for us would be a, a very busy month anyway but you know with that added Number of players and the, and the and an awful lot of players were playing in a town called Letter or staying in a town called Letterkenny, which is just 25 minutes south of Rosapenna. So they were staying there and then going into Portrush every day, um, or every second day, and then then doing the other day where they would go golfing. So the, you know they were right beside us. So yeah, it's uh and now with the addition of St Patrick's, we hope to have people visiting Rossapanna on a on a multiple days and not just coming for one round but they'll come here two two maybe three times and go to the golf two maybe three times uh and the sort of a 10 12 day period but it was extremely busy in 2019 and around the open it was yeah it was a, you know a great thing to see for our whole northwest region to be able to you know feed off you know one of the, the biggest golfing championships in the world well,
1: Ireland's one of my favorite spots in the world. I've had a chance to be on property at Rosapenna, And for those watching, for those listening, I highly, highly, highly recommend you go check out Rosapenna and their three great golf courses and facilities. Frank, thanks so much for your time today and all the best.
4: No problem. Thank you, Adam.
1: This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade
0: was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit
1: PlaygolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping up our Thanksgiving Best of Edition of GTC, I'm Adam Scully. Well, TaylorMade recently released its latest line of putters, the spider tour and for much more on these new putters here's mark with tailor patrick baxter
2: with the spider tour series obviously the shape pops out on a couple of the models uh there's also things like uh, pure roll uh true path alignment these are things that over the last few generations of spiders we've come accustomed to Uh, that's those are in here we see
5: them packed in here uh what's new to this tour series mark there's a like every product, you know, we take it apart, we dissect it, uh, we take tour feedback, and we 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 come to market with a club that's going to work for you know players on tour and players like us. Uh, the spider really started, I think, when we showed Jason Day that red spider. We were up on the green at Riviera. This was a time when Jason Day was was reaching number one in the world, and he. As we bring lots of players into our kingdom here in Carlsbad and we get lots of great players, no one rolls the rock better than Jason Day. And it had a lot to do with the pure roll. It had a lot to do with how that shape of spider provides a boxier look that gave them a, a really way where he could just set it down on the ground and, and, and the, the putter almost swings itself. It has those, those high MOI properties with the weight Drug all the way back out with those movable weights. So there's a lot, a lot of new um, technology under the hood here with Spider. Uh, first off, we took uh, with working with our Irons team, we are using a one-piece construction for all these models. And that is uh, taking a technology that we use in our irons called thin wall undercuts. So what we have in this new Spider franchise is a one-piece material and it is thinned out in areas where we're able to push weight to the extremities and we're also using our tailor-made swing weighting system weights that are you can find them in our drivers we've been using those TSS weights in our drivers and we're placing those weights in each one of those uh spider models in different positions so you'll see the kind of jet engines in the back with the spider tour And you'll see in the Spider x that those weights are placed uh, further back. And then the newer models, you'll see that those TSS weights are further forward. And they're all giving different CG properties, different levels of stability, um, and and they're all going to swing a little differently. So how I understand this is we're taking iron technology, we're taking driver
2: technology, things we have learned over the years through research and development, And we are using them now in putter design to create not only extremely high levels of MOI but moving around how the weight can work if you're a straight back straight through, if you like a little arc or for that matter kind of leading down this
5: new road of counterbalance. We've seen it already at the Open Championship. You have, um, you know, we had a winning putter out there uh, with counterbalance grips we're excited to show in this launch we will have in the spider tour. Uh, we will have a 38-inch counterbalance model that'll be featured with a SuperStroke 3.0 shape. That's that bigger uh, SuperStroke grip uh, that has been very popular on tour. We've seen uh, many players use that that longer grip. So uh, you will see that at stores in the Spider Tour model um, as well. All right. So we have four new models right now. A fifth one coming next spring.
2: We'll, we'll hold that that back as a teaser till the end for now. But currently, we have Spider Tour, which is going to look very familiar to the Spider fans out there. That is that, very much that iconic look. Spider Tour X, which is a model that has become popular over the last few years, certainly a shape that is extremely recognizable to TaylorMade and Spider fans. And then Spider Tour Z and Spider Tour V. To me, those jumped out right away because, for me personally, those are different shapes in the Spider Fan.
5: Well, over the past couple of years, Mark, you know you've seen different shapes from Taylormade. We had our Taylormade G Spider GT uh, this year in the market. we had our GTX. Um, taking a step back, when we first came out with Spider X, we still wanted to have a stable putter, but give it more of a modern look. Give it more of a stable uh, a streamlined look, per se. Uh, converting a blade player. They, everyone knows that the mallet will offer a level of forgiveness on mishit, misstruck putts. Um, what we found in, in data is that Rory McIlroy's distance control really improved by converting into a mallet. And that's why we still see him going back to old trusty with Spider X. It helps him with his distance control. Um, in this new Spider Tour, I'm excited because we're using True Path in that Spider Tour, uh, tour shape. And it's the True Path that really excites the tour players. Um, Scotty Scheffler. I know that there was a, uh, he's been experimenting with spiders and a number one was he loves the way true path helps him line up. Uh, when we work with guys like Colin Morikawa, even on his blade putter, Pure Roll is the number one technology that he says, you gotta get the, whatever you make for me, you guys just keep my insert. I love the performance of Pure Roll. So uh, all those technologies are, are purposeful and they they help all players. All right. Speaking of tour
2: feedback, the the world's the golf world's eyes are headed to Rome, right? This is the one we've been waiting for. We've got tailor-made players on both sides of the fence here. Whether you're cheering for Europe or cheering for Team USA, uh, could we see a tour series model show up at the Ryder Cup? What's the feedback been
5: like uh, instantly from Team TaylorMade? Yeah, the, the moment in time when uh, Bucky Coe, our putter rep, went out to, he went out to Chicago for the BMW Championship. And that was the, we gave all of our stable of players that being Fleetwood, McElroy, uh Colin and Scotty. We we gave them a slug of a, a lot of different prototypes uh, of these Spider Tour models. You, you saw Scotty Scheffler put the Spider Tour X into play. We made him a special prototype with, um, Further weight out forward, he he kind of desired a more of a forward CG style, so we made him a, a special model. Um, but all these players left the facilities at the FedEx Cup playoffs with spiders in their hands, and we're excited to see what will happen up in 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 Rome. But this is a different time for TaylorMade to be launching a putter, mm-hmm. um, and and really, this is our opportunity to get off to a great start for next year. Um, this is a time when they're going to tinker, they're going to experiment with some different putters. They, they know what their performance looks like throughout this summer. And, and this is a good time for them to experiment or change. So yeah, we're excited for um, you know two familiar shapes, but we've got two brand new shapes. And those, the, the V and the Z, the way I think of it is the Z is the model that has the wings. And the V has more of that streamlined look. Um, Tommy Fleetwood, gentleman on the other side of the pond who had a great uh, tournament at Wentworth and he's one of the hottest players in golf right now, he provided some great feedback on our two new models, the Z and the V. He almost, when you look at the Z, that would be the model that has the wings. Um, What we've done is we've provided an area where most most of the putter lies low to the ground. A lot of the putter sits on the ground itself. and, and what that does is it really helps the player kind of set it and, and forget it. It's almost like you just kind of set it down, you're lined up, you get that visual alignment cue from TruePath. Path. Um, we've armed these putters with a brand new double bend shaft. Really shows great face angle, uh, about a half offset on the putter. So definitely take a look at the new shaft structure that we have in our face balance models. It's a new double bend. Um, that was picked up by Fleetwood. He really, he said, boy, I think he said on, on when we had him on camera, like everybody should putt with this putter. And then the, the V model that does not feature the wings, uh, he kind of paid homage to it, it almost helps him um, rotate the putter. And that was interesting that he picked up on that because if you turn that putter over, you see that those TSS weights are slugged all the way up close to the face. And that's what's kind of giving him that more rotation
2: and thanks so much for taking the time to do this i canada is so excited about this new product can't wait to get it in my hands and try it myself
5: we appreciate you mark look forward to seeing up with you sometime soon
1: and for the complete version of that interview check out our youtube channel well it's been a fun one today happy thanksgiving to all hope you enjoyed the show we are are back a little later this week with our tsn edge picks and next monday at 10 a.m for another edition of gtc radio thanks so much for joining us this morning and remember the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet
0: this segment of gtc presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by play golf myrtle beach the golf capital of the world Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.